0: Welcome to Slimehouse, a podcast rated PG for crude humor, outrageous hijinks and mild language. I'm Dorothy.
1: I'm Jasper. I'm Jared.
2: I'm Max, and I'm Nelson.
0: And today we're here to celebrate Max's birthday with his Aiden. birthday choice, Old Dogs from
3: 2009. Woohoo! Happy birthday, yeah. Max. Thank you. Thank you. And What a treat, what a birthday treat, to get to watch old dogs. (laughs) Doggy (laughs) treat.
2: (laughs) Nishimura Media Group entering the U.S. sports market is a huge deal. Banzai! Hey mister, a little
4: help? Good thing,
2: guys! Whoa! Why did you do that? Sorry, my bad!
1: You're
4: a monster! Dan? Wow! Vicky? You haven't seen that woman in seven years. I really don't know where to start, Dan. Daddy! I have kids.
2: Twins. (laughs) I'm gonna be an old dad. You're gonna be Uncle Charlie. (laughs) We can do
3: this. We? My kids are in there. Sorry, the zoo closes at three. We are in the zoo.
1: We're in the gorilla enclosure. Don't look at him in the eyes. Just look
2: away. So when an old dog of a sports marketing agent discovers that he accidentally fathered a pair of twins, he and his business partner need to learn some new tricks to juggle the fun of kids and the future
3: success. Of their business. So this was a Walt Disney production. It um, started out as a production of Touchstone for reasons we'll discuss later, but then was shifted to the to Walt Disney title by the end. And uh it was directed by Walt Becker, who we've seen before. He directed um, Clifford, and uh, he started out in sort of like crude comedy. Uh, Van Wilder is probably his most crudest and well-known of that era. And then Buying the Cow, a very odd movie with Jerry O'Connell. And uh, Wild Hogs was actually kind of what led into this movie. Uh, also, John Travolta, um, kind of a PG-13, kind of a meet-the-parents type vibe of a comedy, I would say. Raunchy, but not like on the level of Van Wilder. And we also saw him he was a producer on Zookeeper. This was written by a team of two Davids, David Weissman and David Diamond. Together, they wrote The Family Man, the Nicolas Cage sort of, Family movie Evolution, a very strange Ivan Reitman film that has some slimy elements, I would say. I've been a long time since I've seen it, and it's uh, a great movie, yeah. (laughs) A big
1: big guilty uh, pleasure of
3: mine, yeah, yeah. Great, great Sean William Scott role for sure. And uh, the also the 2008 DCOM Minutemen, which I remember watching at one point. Um, and without Diamond, Weissman actually wrote the direct video sequel to Dream a Little Dream, um, which. It's probably the strangest and like most amateur movie I've ever seen. It's like an actual movie. Um, and someday, maybe I'll have my, my Corey Feldman podcast. And that will certainly be a contender on that. Because it's very key in the late late Corey period. Um, you have a lot to say <laughs> about
0: that, for sure. <laughs> yeah.
3: uh, it was produced by a team that includes Robert L. Levy, who produced Wedding Crashers. Which, um, also kind of in that vein of that sort of raunchy comedy that... This movie's got quite a pedigree from. It was shot by Jeffrey Kimball. He doesn't have too much slime. Um Curly Sue is one that kind of is borderline, I would say, but he has a really interesting career overall to have ended up on this movie, especially. Um Top Gun, Jacob's Ladder, True Romance, Wild Things, all of John Wu's English language work and uh, the music, a uh, very familiar face for us. Um, John Debney, who I think, I didn't go back and do the math, but I think has to be, if not the most, uh, one of the most prolific crew members we've seen on the show. He scored just the movies we've done, uh, Hocus Pocus, both Princess Diaries movies, Snow Dogs, Elf, Looney Tunes, Christmas with the Cranks, Boy and Lava Girl, Dreamer, Clifford, and then a lot of slime that we've mentioned, but never haven't covered yet. Um, Polly, Spy Kids, Cats and Dogs, Jimmy Neutron, Tuxedo, Pacifier. It's insane how many Slime House films this man has has scored, and uh, definitely putting in some slimy work on here. I think that if there's anyone who's the sound of slime, it's got to be John <laughs> Debney,
4: and a pretty slimy cast too. So the top billing of this movie is uh, it has Robin Williams, who we've seen before on the show, with our first episode, Flubber, and this was actually the last movie he uh, made with Disney, and then also this movie is a huge passion project, or was a huge passion project for John Travolta, who I don't think we've seen on the show before. It was a family affair because his late wife, Kelly Preston, is also in this movie. We saw her in Jack Frost and Cat in the Hat, and then his daughter, Elle Blue, plays one of the Uh, kids that the pair have to um, be temporary parents for in the film and then on top of that you have a surprisingly stacked supporting cast in this movie you have um, Seth Green as the uh, business partner of uh, the sports marketing firm that Travolta and Williams characters own you have in a very very strange supporting role uh, Rita Wilson Tom Hanks wife as a hand model um and then uh, another very mugging supporting performance by justin long that only lasts one scene uh bernie mack and his final role um, uh, it was released posthumously as uh, jimmy lunchbox which is one of the best and maybe slamiest uh, character names we've come across on the show so major respect another and matt Dillon is in this for the same you know in a small segment of this movie we also have uh this, these weird scenes with Dax Shepard and L- Louise Guzman as these construction workers uh, that child-proof uh, Travolta's house. And then uh, Lori Laughlin, who I, is kind of more well-known nowadays for uh, the college admissions scandal, but um, she's in this as a business translator for Japanese co- clients that the main characters' businesses serve in this movie. <laughs> So a lot. It's a very. Yeah, we could go on and on about the uh, bona fides of the cast and crew in this movie, but uh, there's a lot to say. But yeah, let's let's let's. I'm going to give it back to Max so we can kind of explain himself as to why we chose Old Dogs.
3: All right, so Old Dogs is a movie that, like, since it's came out, I've never seen it until now. Since it came out, has always just been a movie. Even before I knew kind of the backstory, I was sort of fascinated by something about just like all the advertising the posters everything about it just like seth green with the gorilla i remember was something that was shown so much in the advertising that just was something that just like stuck in my head as like something very bizarre like in this weird comedy movie and uh yeah it was kind of on my radar for a long time and then recently i actually stumbled upon them um, i'm a big fan of like Stuff that actors do outside of acting that isn't like quite as successful and usually is very bad. And John like Travolta, <laughs> yeah. and John Travolta <laughs> is someone who definitely has like a a lot of that. And I stumbled upon a music video he made like that was to promote this film. Uh, oh, no. uh, I suggest everyone watch this video who's listening. It's a cover of Bobby Brown's "Every Little Step." He does with his daughter, and the clip is just them in this like white room and it's just all these very strange like clips from the movie thrown in at random and it's all the weirdest parts of the movie so it really you're like what is this movie <laughs> while cutting back and forth between like them in this just bright white room with John Travolta doing like the most ridiculous dancing and he's d- dressed in this total just like suburban dad outfit like it's just such a bizarre video and after i watched that i was like all right i have to finally see old dogs and see what like what? What this movie is? What this will entail? And uh, it didn't disappoint. I can say that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I have to say, I, I very much appreciate this pick, because it's a movie I never would have watched otherwise. I, I this is a movie I'd heard of, but I just assumed it was just a bad family movie had no idea that it was as Looney Tunes as it is. I also think it's very fascinating, as we brought up on the show before, that it was kind of edited down from being an R-rated comedy into a family movie. So it it was fun to watch it with that knowledge and try to pick apart where they broke it down and turned it into a a potential slime, slime house movie. But overall, just like a really strange
2: family movie. Yeah, I think that's the kind of the interesting thing. I'm also willing to say, I think that's going to be the bulk of our, or one of the big pieces of our conversation is like what that entailed. I have a hunch it was probably just a PG-13, like a wild hogs, but then they were like, let's make it for kids. Although maybe it was already, I don't know. It's it's hard to tell. We would have to like sort of. Yeah, like excavate. I can't,
4: I can't imagine this being some sort of like Todd Phillips-esque comedy <clears throat> that it's described as. Like, they only cut, like, what, 25 minutes out of this movie I was mm-hmm. reading? So I think
2: they, they had to have reshot some stuff, too. And maybe. reshoots, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I had never seen – I think this is not one that's none of us had seen, which is kind of fun, too, um, especially for a birthday pick. All I remember about this movie was the Entertainment Weekly Lisa Schwartzbaum review. I looked it up today. She gave it an F, and the closer was Bernie Mac – is in this movie and he passed away over a year ago proving that this movie is one old dog. <laughs> oh, oh man. Not even honoring Bernie Mac.
1: Wow. Yeah. Just this like movie a, yeah. just like a straight statistic. Yeah. I, had I, the movie I knew this wow. movie
3: was like panned, but I really didn't realize like how much it was panned. It's some of the most brutal reviews I've seen for like almost any movie. It's like, wow. I didn't really, I know, like I knew it wasn't thought to be a good movie, but I didn't realize it was that like detested by critics. then um,
4: and... I, I, I missed my chance to see this in theaters. I remember like a debate between uh, the group I was with, whether we should see pirate radio, old dogs or fantastic, Mr. Fox. And Fantastic Mr. Fox won out. I'd say um, wise
3: choice. I've seen all yeah. three of those movies and wise <laughs> choice.
4: <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. Old Dogs is that would have been fun to watch with the group.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. I
4: think one of the ways to kind of enter this, the
2: context and history is, this is kind of the Robin Williams when he was really bottom barrel of his career. I didn't see old dogs in theaters, but I did see RV in theaters, which feels very much the same genre of slime. And like, it's just funny because like, yeah, he was like one of the you know biggest, best, it's a little like Eddie Murphy, but staying on Williams, it's like, yeah, he's in all these movies where he's just like a fatherly figure and they're just like, gross and kind of low barrel and you know that was what he was doing in the in this late late thousands you know post peak slime era
1: and also to me John Travolta was a really fascinating actor as well in this time period because I think to me he was like one of the first actors when when I was growing up that I was like oh that's a guy who I missed his peak Like he was popular at a time that I was alive, but he just clearly isn't anymore. Mm. And kind of anything in the two thousands that John Travolta did, I almost immediately wrote off as like, eh, that's probably not that great because John Travolta is at the end of his career. And I feel like this was one of those movies that I just kind of completely wrote off because almost everyone involved was kind of, you know, their career was waning a bit. But that said, I genuinely think John Travolta is having a ton of fun in this movie you can really tell Robin Williams on the other hand I don't think he's necessarily enjoying himself but John Travolta's having a ball in this movie
3: yeah I thought I feel like this movie it kind of came at a point where John Travolta's career was kind of starting to have like a like a more low-key second revival it feels like of kind of a him as more of a comedy actor he had hairspray and then of course Wild Hogs came out but then a The failure of this I feel like kind of just stopped that right in its tracks and also he suffered like some tragedy in his family and I feel like just kind of fell off from there but yeah it feels like this movie was kind of the end of what seemed like it was kind of a like oh John Travolta's in funny stuff now and then it just kind of screeched to a halt and yeah he actually seems like this is like a very energetic he seems really into it um I agree he actually is definitely I would say the highlight of this movie just as far as how much fun he's having and actually got some laughs out of me which I can't really say for most of the other actors in this movie <laughs> I, I, th- I think of this movie as like the beginning of Adele Dazim Travolta
4: like just like <laughs> yeah just becoming a much more like I like to your point he was already doing comedy but this is like him just like going a little kookier with it I would say and yeah, I just feel like this movie was obviously just going to repackage it to try and be this broad family comedy that would have sold like hotcakes in the nineties down to like, even like the casting choices here.
2: Yeah,
1: It's funny because the, this is one of those movies. The The first movie reference that came to mind when I watched this was a movie called jungle to jungle, which came out in 1997. It's a Tim Allen movie, a movie that I really liked growing up as a kid. I used to quote it all the time, but It's a it's a movie that you watch and you're like, oh, like on the surface, it kind of looks and feels like it's probably going to be a slime house. But in reality, it's more of this kind of almost like suburban comedy for like dads and adults that their kids can enjoy. It's like so inoffensive that the kids can laugh at it because there's some funny faces and, you know, some funny, funny jokes. But it's mostly kind of this like tender comedy for parents Um, and yeah. So it's funny that, like, I can see how in some test screening they were like, "Ah, oh, this isn't really working for the older demographic. How do we get in kids to see this movie, too? So we can increase that box office number a little bit more because, um, yeah, it, it really doesn't starting kind of kicking off into the slime house of this movie it doesn't necessarily feel like a Slimehouse movie and especially in this era like 2009 like there wasn't a lot of slime house necessarily being made intentionally but that said I think a lot of the just like strangeness of the slapstick and a lot of the humor deriving from a lot of the activities they do with the kids did put it a little bit in the Slimehouse realm for me in the same way as like as I mentioned, A Jungle to Jungle or something even like Christmas with the Cranks came to mind a little bit tone wise for me. Um, but yeah, an interesting movie in a very interesting
3: era of Slimehouse. Yeah, something like a lot later that this actually reminded me of, I guess not a lot later, but significantly is uh, the Grown Ups movies, which we haven't covered, but I think have come up a few times, which also kind of feel like they're PG-13. So they're a little raunchier than this movie, but they very much feel like adam sandler kind of making a movie like for families so like there's always some like heartfelt stuff for the parents but then there's also a lot of like kiddie gags they very much feel like like this movie has that vibe of a movie that's kind of just like you take an r-rated comedy and then excise enough and it's exactly what happened but it's interesting to see grown-ups movies coming a lot later and being wildly successful using kind of the same formula the uh, same vibe as this movie as far as just the weird. Cause this movie is like very bizarre. I'm sure we'll get into it in its pacing. And it's like at times it's like almost incoherent, just gag after mm-hmm. gag, like with barely anything tying it together. And that's what the grown ups movies are like too. But I assume they're kind of that way by design. It's interesting <laughs> to see those movies, like not critically reviewed, but wildly successful. I like them pretty well. And then this, it's like worst movie of all time, father, when it kind of, it kind of <laughs> pioneered that sort of, I'm not saying in my head, I in the worst movie, just in general, it kind of has like early, weird, just like rapid fire gag after gag. And then like 10 minutes of some like emotional stuff and gag, <laughs> gag, 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 then like another emotional scene, just very bizarrely paced and edited. I was thinking about how there
2: isn't really a target audience for this movie. It feels like it doesn't feel that funny to kids and it's too dumb for adults i think which is interesting because it did modestly well i think because they marketed it as a kids movie and i think that there's enough demand for that but it it does like there you can tell that it was not written as such i think a good example is like a lot of old people jokes you know like one of the funnier moments in my opinion one of the reasons it's not the low like an f for me it's like a (laughs) F plus maybe is because there's a scene where they're at like a Denny's equivalent and they get like a senior discount or whatever. And not only they get the discount, but then like the entire staff comes and sings them a song to like welcome them in as seniors. And like uh, you know, I laughed. Uh, I I earned that it earned that laugh. And then there's a joke about big joke about prescription drugs, and I'm like no one would write a slime house movie <laughs> and have a joke about
3: prescription drugs like
0: i was think <laughs> the same thing
3: yeah it's like it's not a movie like for kids it's just a movie that like a kid would not like it's, it's not inappropriate for a kid you yeah know? Exactly. Like, like the jokes yeah yeah
0: i bet it would have been much more successful as a pg-13 film like grown-ups
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, I guess because test audiences hated it so much, they're like, let's just try to throw this out there. Yeah, like,
3: cut our losses, kids will see, like, whatever, so we'll just (laughs) say kids movie.
1: Yeah, no, I will say, Nelson, it's, it's interesting that in both of those moments you actually skipped out on the parts that I actually thought were funny about those scenes, and it's like, so they're in the Denny's, and they do the, you know, they sing the song, like, Welcome to the Senior Citizens Club, but then John Travolta spills water all over his pants, mm-hmm. and the waitress thinks he wets himself because he's an old person. He's an old dog, if you will. <laughs> and to me, it's like, oh, that's a like a that's that's the pivot of this adult setup into this like kids' joke. And the same with the pills, it's like they spend all this time talking about these pills and these prescriptions, and then it's all a setup for they get the pills mixed up and what follows is maybe the strangest scene I've ever seen in a movie where they take John Travolta and Robin Williams take the wrong pills and proceed to have visually one of the scariest sequences I've ever seen in a comedy movie. Um, but it's something that I think a kid would find hilarious, you know, like both of those scenes are set so up for old people. Describe what those visuals
2: are for <laughs> listeners.
1: Also. So. there's so basically the setup is you know the boys are gonna go play some golf with with a potential client and the the night before they get their prescription pills mixed up and unfortunately the pills cause them to really lose their sense of balance but even more so lose their muscle control to the point where Uh, John Travolta just has like a literal permanent Joker smile on the entire time, but it's a CGI'd Joker smile the entire time. Yeah, it looks
3: and so much so... like it looks so much like the Soundgarden Black Hole Sun like music <laughs> video to me. It's like the exact same image. Uh, as the... Oh, That's you scary. know what it looks like to
2: me? Is I have AMC stubs and I have seen the trailer for smile like, every <laughs> yeah, single yeah, very smile. I've been to this year literally every movie I've seen at AMC. I've seen that stupid smile trailer. So, like the first times I it was scary, smile but was now born. I'm just so over the smile thing so yeah (laughs) and i saw this movie i was like it sounds all right like (laughs) i can't escape the smile (laughs) yeah i mean part of me wants to re-edit this entire movie into just like a horror
1: trailer like (laughs) i in in my notes i wrote down time code of shots that i'm like let's put this in a horror trailer because there's so many things in this movie that like you just throw some scary music on it and it it would feel like a very frightening like dream like a nightmare and like also the justin movie long
0: has... trying to beat up robin williams or i mean john travolta
1: <laughs> i liked justin long's cameo i actually laughed
2: aloud often yeah at Justin.
0: I, <laughs> yeah I like, I, I
4: like
2: him i like him solid actor big big I, justin it had, had a weird player. like american indian thing going on which is not the first time justin long has done that type of a role where he's like just a voice and all that i don't know but mm-hmm. uh also yeah th- that was one of the more obvious scenes that they re-edits came because first of all the entire like boy scout sequence had no children involvement whatsoever like it's they play like ultimate frisbee and the kids watch like sorry what yeah like what yeah. movie would be that way you know for kids or whatever um but then they cut to them afterwards and then they just describe them burning it down but they don't actually like show us watching them burn it down they just like do like a flashback moment and you can tell that was like a whole scene that they just like cut what I was burning, thinking, this burning whole... what down, Nelson? The camp,
4: the statue. Of yeah, the, the statue yes, right. oh, Don't oh, yeah. And mm. just like
2: yeah.
0: This whole movie, Secret. I was just thinking about how this was Slimehouse. Um, and the way that we defined Slime House, where there were movies about kids made for kids. It felt like it's movies about a movie about older people, like with the jokes made for old people, but somehow it's a kids movie.
4: <laughs> yeah, and like, it's, and I sometimes talk about this like with movies where like the main characters are not the kids but like the parents or whatever you can still make a slimy movie like that but you like you know it's like the kid characters in this like they're not there's some scenes where they're like kind of causing a ruckus but like there's like the pill scene like the pills get mixed up in that scene because the kids accidentally knock down the, uh, the pill counters uh, for both of the dudes but like they do that on accident it's not like they were trying to cause kid anarchy you know so it's like uh something about how the kids are in this movie this feels a little off
3: yeah the kids in this movie don't really do any like hijinks you know like it's all the adults kind of doing the hijinks the kids are like the emotional tether to the movie but then like (laughs) any of like the stuff like i feel like usually in the slime house movie example like you'd see a kid with pie smeared over their face and this you see john travolta like with rhubarb pie which is, feels like a slimy food Just, like, it's like no pie. one actually really eats rhubarb pie that much i mean i yeah, like it pretty well but, like, food, exactly yeah, At a but it feels, it feels party. like it, it feels like a good gag food for like a slime house movie it's like a oh, rhubarb pie and yeah john travolta in the aforementioned one of the other side effects of the pills is a uncontrollable appetite which so yeah he's eating pie which is There's some yeah, it's a bereavement group, so it's like a pie made by the person who died, which adds kind of a weird like twist (laughs) onto the the mess scene. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but yeah, like for example like for example, yeah, you see John Travolta do all this zany stuff that you never see any kid do in the movie. The hijinks are all very adult.
2: Only one time do the kids actually like do anything hijinks wise and it's when he hijacks the business call with the Japanese executives and they think they're talking to Robin Williams and he's like Nissan is poop or whatever you know and they're like oh yeah and then he's like make it race cars whatever but it doesn't It it's I could almost tell that was like a reshoot or something because it's like just a bottled in scene like it never actually the Japanese company doesn't start doing race cars because of it but and yeah the kids just don't they're very much, like, props, not characters in this. They
0: could have thrown in some sliminess, like Jared said, like, if the kids had purposefully done something with the pills or if it cut to them even, like, making little silly reaction faces to their hijinks. Um, but yeah.
3: Yeah, have, yeah this movie it.
1: reminds me a lot of, like, the, what I call, like, the cul-de-sac comedy, which is, like, on the outside movies that look like they would be slime house movies, like three men and a baby, or look who's talking because they deal. Yeah. They have these slapstickish kind of zany comedy approaches to having kids or being a parent, which can lend itself to slime house. But the key difference is exactly what we're talking about is that, it's from the parents perspective about the chaos of having kids or dealing with kids, or in this case, learning you have kids and trying to be a good parent. Whereas a slime house movie is dealing with the chaos of being a kid as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there is, there's common ground between the two, but I think this is a very key case of like, Yes, there's a lot of slimy gags. There's a ton of potty humor. There's people peeing their pants and getting hit in the balls with golf <laughs> clubs, but it doesn't fully feel slimehouse in that regard because it is about the parents and the adults dealing with being parents.
4: Reminds me of a movie that came out the year before this called Role Models, which mm-hmm. is a movie that, like, I think the original cut of that of this was probably trying to be that movie where about being these like you know foster parent kind of you know temporary parent things but it actually leans into the crudeness not just in like on both sides of the of the relationship like the kids are more crude in that movie the parents are more crude in that movie so you know i wouldn't say it's a slam house movie either but it kind of works um this yeah. That's
2: actually, I think that's a good example of how the movie industry changed with the Judd Apatow, kind of like when R-rated movies had a real audience, like you're thinking about Wedding Crashers, 40-Year-Old Virgin, it made the like PG-13 dad comedy, or in Jasper's example, Cold de sac comedy, just too safe in a way, like too soft on the edges, you know, because yeah, Travolta and Williams are actors who don't do R-rated stuff. Usually they're too big a names, but you have Like, Role Models is a pretty funny movie, and it's because, yeah, you have, like, Sean William Scott, and then you also have, like, kids who are raunchy themselves, you know, so it's, like, hard R. But, uh, yeah, actually, I really like that, Jared, because I wouldn't have put those two together, but the timeline checks out that probably Role Models just beat him to the punch and was, you know, better at what it was trying to do.
3: Yeah, that's yeah. actually a really good point because like, yeah, the one person I've met that like has said like, oh, Old Dogs, that's such a funny movie. You got to see Old Dogs <laughs> is my grandpa and like the, ten, <laughs> and the types of comedies he likes like are like much or like meet the parents, analyze this, like mm. all like, like sort of that vein of comedies, which feels like, yes, those are comedies for adults, but they don't have any sort of like raunchyness to them the way that I think that like you were saying, Nelson, Judd Apatow kind of made essential for the adult comedy so like this just feels very sort of like square in a way and I think Wild hogs kind of does too and I think that kind of that might be like the very tail end of the success super successful that type of comedy because I think wild hogs almost has that that's another movie I could see I don't know if he does but my grandpa's telling me like oh that's a really funny movie wild hogs but then like I guess this was just such a lackluster kind of version of Wild Hogs that then when test audiences didn't respond, they that's what led to the whole this movie just becoming a movie for no one. And but yeah, it definitely feels like this movie and I mean it came out a while after it was filmed. I mean, Bernie Mac, it was delayed 3 separate times. Once Bernie Mac passed away, um then John Travolta's son passed away, and then Robin Williams apparently had some sort of surgery he had to get i couldn't find many details but this movie was delayed three times for that reason and so by the time it came out like it was already kind of a dated movie and like what it was trying to do and that only hurt it more so i would say that it ended up coming out like over a year since after it was supposed to because like i said a movie that already is kind of falling out of favor in its style then coming out later than it was supposed to it's just like a recipe for a movie that just ends up like this movie and just a total kind of disaster.
0: Yeah.
1: I, w- I do want to say <clears throat> going, going back to the kind of the era conversation, somebody said this movie felt very nineties when we started, felt very like a nineties family comedy. And it, on this show, we always say, Oh, John Debney scored this, but I don't think we ever like talk about John Debney. And I really think like, his work in this movie gives it this like classic family film feeling Mm -hmm. it has this lightness this kind of jumpiness on its feet but also you know this this play this playfulness that that gives the comedy this very kind of family-friendly feeling that is very unoffensive and light but it doesn't necessarily like play as like a comedic score which I think is really interesting, which in a lot of Slimehouse movies, like the score itself, I think really accentuates the humor. But I think in this, the score almost plays opposite of that. It almost plays in a way where it's like, oh, John Debney is the family film guy. Let's get him to score this movie to give it that family film sensibility. And that it ends up giving it this like grounded classical family film sense that if you went with somebody else, I think this movie would feel even more off off the chain.
3: Hmm. Yeah, I think that you can see that kind of a lot. There's this th- the first like 15 minutes of this movie, the pacing is insane. Like it's just like it, it literally feels like if you've seen like Elvis, the first 15 minutes of that movie and just this insane cutting and the yeah, mu- the music is very like but yeah, the John Debney score keeps that from feeling super like as wild and zany as it could be and also sort of grounds that's where I think you see the most obvious signs of when this was a more adult comedy because it's as we mentioned before robin williams learns he has fathered twins and he didn't know about it and in this opening you just see john travolta tell the story to a group of like businessmen and it's sort of cutting back to show these cutaway gags of like their crazy trip to japan and it's oh to to Miami Miami. yeah to Miami yeah uh uh-huh so and I feel like in that that scene you can really tell like okay I can tell these are probably like some raunchy scenes of them like getting into all these like dirty hijinks in Miami these drunken mishaps but they just show you little tiny bits and pieces of it there and I feel like those scenes had to probably have been edited down like longer scenes involving him like fathering these children and getting a very weirdly getting a tattoo that's supposed to say free man that says Fremont instead, which is like not a very funny thing. Tattoos <laughs> yeah. They just,
2: <laughs> they just are committed to that
3: bit. Um, also yeah. kind of an odd, odd thing
2: of like, I don't know. It's just, I, I was like, Oh, that can't be Kelly Preston who plays uh, the love interest of Robin Williams. But it's so funny that Kelly Preston who's married to John Travolta or was, you know, is the love interest of Robin Williams in the movie which I just think is kind of an odd, odd thing, but it's kind of funny. Um, and then there's something very much like life imitates art because the reason they have to take care of the, the two kids is because she has to go to jail for <laughs> two weeks, which is like, man, that is a weird reason to, like they could have done something much more yeah. like maybe, I don't know. Maybe for protesting. maybe Yeah. It's a very yeah, like, elaborate thing it's about very elaborate like and, and complicated. a protest. Yeah. Also like, yeah, don't get me started on the plausibility of it, but uh but it's funny because it's very similar to laurie laughlin's stint in prison and she plays a different role in this movie but i was just like oh man of all the like oh, wow. movies yeah. for laurie to have been in a movie where like a white-collar criminal has to like oh i have to go to prison for two weeks like <laughs> boo-hoo uh-huh. yeah and she doesn't
3: really do that many movies you know it's mostly like TV she just has like one or two calls
0: room. from inside the prison that we yeah. see yeah. her. she's standing by, by the phone down.
3: To yeah. i'm sure well, in the original it was like prison or whatever i don't know but yeah it's yeah, such a it's...
2: funny like also explaining that to children go figure. <laughs> yeah.
3: so so many of the yeah. actors in this kelly preston matt dylan like all these people i feel like had to have like so much more screen time in the original cut because like they pop in such random little places that those definitely feel like there had to be a lot of cuts oh, oh. for all these actors to have tiny tiny roles in a movie it's not like they would be like anyone was like fighting to get in in old dogs (laughs) i wouldn't think yeah (laughs) so there's a
4: line in the movie after they leave the camp uh, robin williams says it where it's like we're going to be there for three days we were only there for nine hours which i think like my theory is that this was meant to be like a camp movie primarily like the main meat of it was going to be set at that camp and then they cut it and then there's like a like a tongue-in-cheek line that robin williams says after they leave it that's like acknowledging what the movie was supposed to be um but like on top of that i wanted to add like one thing that i actually think like was probably intended of the original intent or you know version of this movie that i think is actually kind of slimy is like the insane amount of mugging some of these actors do like justin long's character also rita wilson's character she just has this like <laughs> She keeps on doing this, like, cross-eyed look in the movie that, like, is, like, just seems so cartoony and so out of place with everything else that's going on. Also the fact that she's a hand model and how that's, like, played out. Yeah,
3: and she has one of the weirdest, like, slapstick gags in this movie where she already has this, like, crazy mugging performance that you mentioned. She gets her, like, her hand slammed in, like, a trunk of a car at some point and they have this just, like, insane, like, scene of her just, like, doing these, like, crazy, like, cries like, with the eyes crossed, Mm but... I like guess just like it's so unnecessary. they just do this needle drop of a Frankie Valley a big girls don't cry for like fifteen <laughs> seconds just while she <laughs> cries about getting her hands crushed, and like there's no other like needle there's a the, the soundtrack to this is wild. I will have to get into that, but yeah, it has this like needle drop for so briefly, I don't know if like that's supposed to just like be funny that it's playing a song that's saying what's happening or yeah, that's like, it's a very bizarre, unnecessary needle drop
2: (laughs) (laughs) If you wanna have a moment of like, you know, interesting thought, uh, I went to the IMDb page and you can go through the photos of the premiere and obviously Tom Hanks was there supporting his wife, like a good hubby. And it's just funny seeing like these photos of like John Travolta, Robin Williams, Tom Hanks, Rita Wilson, all just like hanging out well-dressed for the Old Dog's premiere. And and the best is I'm scanning through the pictures and there's a photo of Forrest Whitaker. And I'm like, oh, that's I know that photo. Forrest Whitaker's IMDb profile picture is at the Old Dog's premiere and you'll never see it the same way again because the half of Robin Williams' head is just in the background. This is
0: great. That's
1: very funny. Yeah, it's kind of like this whole movie just feels like I mean, Rita Williams being Tom Hanks' husband, Kelly Preston and John Travolta being married. You know, it feels just like old friends, old dogs, if you will, just getting together to make like a movie for the kids. But they have to make it so they can't like, oh, I mean, even Travolta's daughters in this, you know, it's just like it's such a weird movie to just get all your pals to come make you know yeah because it's, it's like such... i feel like
3: it, that that's kind of why i had that like happy madison like grown-ups kind of feel but at least like they go to like cool places when they film it like that's why it's kind of like free vacations for him like this this like yeah yeah it's like why'd you round up the whole gang to make like <laughs> to make this movie thought. that's just filmed at like a country club and like some houses like and, and, I, and none of it actually filmed in japan or miami or anywhere I, I looked it up and like none of that is filmed on location oh, or anything so this was yeah, all filmed just sense. right around like i think new some york in connecticut probably. maybe in new york and that's it
0: even if they didn't travel much for filming i feel like the locations were so dynamic <laughs> they were always going from here to there there,
1: there was a lot Many. of traveling in this
4: in my world there are no bad guys only sun showers and there is a restaurant called the kooky cafe and it has desserts like coco milano ricky tiki ice and ricky tacky blue it's my type of world everybody is happy there are lots of kids and puppy dogs even unicorns.
1: When i saw your face got all choked up you were so beautiful and as a matter of fact it blows my mind you were even part of me cause a girl like you's like a dream come true a real life fantasy no matter what your friends try to tell you you will always be the one and we will be together Their note, it just kind of feels like it's filled in like mad libs, (laughs) (laughs) like (laughs) then they go to Japan, yeah,
3: and then like so so many skyline shots, and then they'll bring in stuff that's like so like absurd and like feels like it's gonna be slimy. I think the Bernie Mac like characters, maybe more than anything else, but like it's only (laughs) for like again, like like everything is made for like 15 minutes, it's never to be heard from again, like this. uh... Bernie Mac
0: felt like there was more in the PG-13 dedicated to his character. Mm. He felt very out of place and underutilized.
3: (laughs) Oh yeah for sure and I mean think of all the potential for like (laughs) PG-13 R-rated humor with like those like cyborg suits where they can be kind of controlled but yeah. Really also, all, like, also the reason premise, he needs it is this like... is a premise in and of
2: itself for a movie. Yeah. like a remote-controlled dad, like that is its own movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a it's five a, just like five it, minutes of it's this a movie. Five minutes like... segment that has no like nothing surrounding it matters. I mean, yes, like he's a better dad for that scene, but like, can you imagine the technology? Like. Wouldn't that technology affect this world
3: significantly if you had remote control capabilities? <laughs> and it's written in, in the strangest way. Not that he had to do something, like, actually, like, really difficult. It's just, like, to have a tea party. And it's, like, that's not that, like, I don't feel like you would need the cyborg suit just right. to do, like, a basic thing. Like, well, because all the all the things they want their dad to do are all really easy and, like, weird. Nothing that, like, it's like, a kid. Like, they're all just, like, things that dad would really, like, nothing they have on their list. Is like because when i was like okay they're going to be going down this list there's a lot of like opportunity for gags here but like none of the stuff on the list is is Like <laughs> <Well, laughs> these my movies favorite,
0: my- with like oh sorry these movies with like weird these weird slime house movies that are aimed towards an older audience all for some reason are about dads or father figures that suddenly have been thrust into the role that are so ridiculously awful at being fathers In any way, or talking to children.
1: Yeah, and it's funny. Like on that note too. Like they, the thing about this movie is it tries really hard to relate to both the dads and the kids in a way that's just like super inconsistent. So like when you read, it's blank and you miss it. But if you read the list that the kids have written, it's like go, you know, learn how to ride a bike, like eat a bunch of pizza, and then like down the list is refinish a deck <laughs> like what seven-year-old kid is like on his what daddy wish list asking
2: to refinish a deck yeah, that's like something yeah, that maybe like, a dad
3: yeah. like that's what a dad would have on his wish list. Yeah. Like, oh man when, <laughs> i know i
2: i didn't that didn't click with me but then i when you mentioned that before that we started recording i was just like that is so bizarre like it's so strange
0: I, want that and, scene. I and i
1: kind of was like oh that has to be like an in joke in the movie like this can't be a serious, serious <laughs> thing. But then you look at like Robin Williams's list that he wants to do with his kids. It's like the most pie in the sky stuff. Like, number one, like, do something fun. Number two, be there for them.
0: And
1: it's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. huh? like uh, you he wrote a list based
0: on John Travolta's like little yeah. speech he
1: gave. <laughs> yeah, then John Travolta was, so was the many. same one who
0: later was like being all pissy with him for being like, distracted in his meeting because he abandoned his children. I've
3: yeah. abandoned it, my child. <laughs> it's so fun. John Travolta, like, is so invested in this for literally just being like his, his friend, like his business partner. He's like just as into the being the dad, which I found very... Yeah, they also John, they don't john travolta you...
1: is like this like sleazy uncle character <laughs> yeah. like, a, like i almost wish that there's a separate movie where it's just john travolta is this like sleazy single uncle yeah who's just like, like showing his kids distorts. slasher movies yeah. one them
3: of them my friends. favorite sequences
0: in this movie was when um they first were saying goodbye to kelly preston when she was going off to jail um and it kept cutting to robin williams reassuring her that they could handle taking care of the kids <laughs> yes. and cutting back and like every time John Travolta would be saying, like, can you believe in the nursing Texas Chainsaw Massacre, one or two? And that uh, also that he asked, you all haven't been to a casino? Well, have you seen Casino? <laughs> yeah.
3: Oh, yeah, that was that was good. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, Speaking of which, I just uh, Scorsese, I thought that whole country club, like, tripping out on the drug scene, felt very Wolf of Wall Street to me. I feel like maybe Travolta showed us, his- his buddy, his buddy Scorsese here, and got some some inspiration because really? some of that, yeah, like the whole tripping scene, which I know we've already talked about, but I feel like has to be. There's I so mean, much to say, but Wolf's, yeah, that wolves so, are dogs. Mm, that's true. He is a uh, hey, Jordan Belfort. Hey, is, an old, old Jordan is an old Jordan Belfort. is an old dog. The <laughs> no, wild yeah. dogs. Uh, yeah, they're
0: kind that's of working. Right. They're working in marketing. Yeah,
3: yeah, uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very stock you know. marketing. Yeah, mm-hmm. stock ports. Hey yeah, Jared, yeah.
1: I know you're the only dog owner here. What did your
4: dog think of old dogs? Uh, the dog, the actual old dog in this movie has such little like to do. At
3: like, Yeah, you know, like a Call oh, of the man. Wild
4: with Har- like the new one with Harrison Ford. Like he- my dog could not take his eyes off that movie because there was so much dog. This movie, it's like two scenes. Yeah, all he does. Then is the dog he...
3: dies in a very random like way. It's just like clash. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. all the very dog dark. really does in this is just like. Peas like that's the one gag they give him is he like is just walking around peeing, and that that's kind of depressing
0: because like... then he's randomly like dies. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah it's but, like he,
0: John trouble well, goes yeah. to pick him
4: up from a dog hotel and he's like, Whatever, where's where's Lucky? And then, like, the you see, like, the uh, people working there, like looking at each other, like, Oh, we tried to call,
3: and yeah, then, like, I for, there's, yeah, like, I a female scene after that. It's like, Whoa. I, thought yeah, I, to- I totally forgot thing, the dog like... died until you all just mentioned it. Too. I thought it was so like wacky,
0: like they groomed him in like a weird wacky way. I was so shocked when. <laughs> <laughs> he was dead.
3: Uh-huh. Yeah, there's some yeah some weird animal like that. That feels pretty slime. That's some of the stuff that does feel slimy, in it is like the very little dog. There is in this. There is like some reaction shots for sure. There's of course like dog peeing gags, and then um, there's also other animal humor scenes. The gorilla is chief amongst them which like i said the marketing goes really hard on like the fact that seth green at one point is going to be like crying and held by a gorilla like they really thought like that's what they had for the movie i think they had that
0: scene in mind before anything else was planned and they just had to build a
3: movie around the <laughs> what like what if seth green was but, and that that scene yeah. more than any others because there's already like kind of an implication that's a really common gag you see and stuff is where like a wild animal will be, like, making eyes at, like, a mm-hmm. guy, and he's like, oh, no, 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 I'm not into this, but that feels like a scene that definitely was probably toned down from the PG-13, I have to imagine, like... When the gorilla just, was, like, just, just, "Yeah, him and, like, Yeah, just, like, yeah. knowing the type of movie this probably was, there had to be more of, like, an implication that the gorilla was, like, horny than, but than it, this, when the gorilla's just kind of <laughs> there, like, just... Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, there is, I mean, it's also, like, I know the first one I can think of is like Baby's Day Out. Like I there's that's a big trope is just like bad guys or care or like characters who aren't supposed to be in cages stuck in the cage with the <laughs> animal. Like they they crawl through the vent. And they're like, "Oh, we're in the zoo." Like you know they're in the Gorilla cage. Like that's just how it works. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah.
3: And so, and the yeah. The movie I, I think doesn't it actually like end just with like Seth Green like Getting away from the gorilla. I feel like well, that's Well, you the know what's bad. This I've this is my
2: second movie I've seen in a short succession. Uh the other one being Little Fockers, where they don't have an ending. The creds just start playing while like the last <laughs> scene is still working itself out. Like that's how you know the movie like has no faith in itself that it like doesn't even end the movie.
3: They just like start rolling the credits I'm like, Oh, here's some more gags while you wait, you know? Yeah. And it's just but, a yeah. repeat of like the smile gag that already was like just weird and unpleasant in the first place. And they decide to drag it out for, for one last, one last round there at the end, which is, there is a Mouse trope in this movie that I, I don't know if we've ever brought it up, but like,
2: and it's just, it kind of goes with the, I don't know, bachelor humor or whatever, but like it's where the the main character is a single buck and he has to have kids and so they're gonna ruin his nice stuff, you know. And it's like I think about in Are We There Yet he has an escalade, you know, and you know, like little by little that car is just getting destroyed by the kids, you know. And in this one, they don't fully like pay it off, which, you know, probably for it probably was a retroactive ad, but like he has a fancy bachelor pad. And then, like these people are like safetyizing it, like Luis Guzman and Dax Shepard, and it's it's just like yeah, it's very half baked, but it is like that to me felt like a slimehouse add in.
1: Yeah, well, it's it's the the idea of like these these guys who have a lot of money and take pride and like possession and like the capitalist machine, so to mm. speak, and then the. You know the kids upend it you know the kids don't care the kids are the chaos which in this movie it's funny because the kids aren't as chaotic as they could be
2: in oh, a God. way yeah
1: mm-hmm. like in a if this was a slimier movie like i feel like the kids would be putting on the samurai outfit that john travolta has on display in his house and Doing a sword fight with it on, you know, but in this, it's just like they just knock it over, and like he's like, "Oh, that's expensive." <laughs> you we know? playing
0: with the poison spheres. <laughs> I talks about like that could have been a really good joke. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
2: They don't exactly. do anything exactly.
3: with those. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You get like so little. There's there's so much like planting in this movie, and no payoff. It's a movie of just of of, of only of only like just these things that like are so chock full for like so ready for sort of slime house that never, never really get there. I will say one thing that is very slimy about this movie, it's one of the I think slimier soundtracks we've seen and uh, aforementioned already that very weird big girls don't cry scene which that feels like kind of a slimy needle drop. I feel like that's a movie you hear in a lot of sort of just like very like juvenile comedies and stuff as sort of like a joke song but also lots of mambo including uh during a tanning bed scene which is Ooh. like not very yeah yeah, the tanning, bed, the tanning scene? bed scene feels very like uh Christmas with the cranks. For yeah, sure. that feels it's like so, the yeah. same joke.
2: It's funny because that was like a movie that we sort of decided was not that slime house. And it's just so funny. It's like, who thinks that's funny? Like, <laughs> yeah, who, who is like, we got him there in this. We came out five years after it and they literally do the yeah. same thing where he's in the tanning, but you know, also like some unfortunate, like, you know, brown faced elements. But even beyond that, it's like, who thought the tanning bed was funny
3: yeah it also has sort of like the very similar the cranks like with the whole smile thing like a whole like <sighs> yeah. botox like the botox scene which yeah. is what christmas with the cranks much like this smile like this the smile was very present in the film's marketing as was like the botox and <laughs> christmas with the cranks and both are very similar gags neither are very funny but like i like I just don't know what like what they thought was so funny for two separate movies like both yeah. of which are very kind of middling similar kind of like suburban comedies to have a gag where it's like someone's face is frozen and it even has parts where he tries to eat or drink and it falls out of his mouth and that's like literally exactly. Christmas with the cranks. It's like, but at least this standing bed scene had like some mambo put on top. So that's some sliminess <laughs> there. And then other than that, this had like next level, like boomer needle drops, which I, we talk about a lot. It's sort of being like little, like needle drops for the parents. And mm-hmm. this had like a lot of classic rock. Um, That all song, All Right Now. I think the band is free. Who did yeah. that. Uh, Summer of 69 by Brian yeah. Adams, who also did an original song for this movie called You've been a friend to me, which I found that did chart in Canada. So this movie did spawn a successful Brian Adams single in his his native land. Um, it's got it ends with a Pete Townsend like song in the credits. Um, Land of a Thousand Dances shows up at one point. Uh, there's a chariot to fire like gag, which feels like something you see so much as like a <laughs> musical gag and comedies of all kinds, but especially <laughs> Slime House, where like two uh, characters will sort of be running motion. in slow motion yeah. but they're not like they're they're lame or whatever so it plays uh, that So dumb. <laughs> yeah it's That and, in the
2: 2001 a <laughs> space uh, that 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 class yeah
3: it? and like, then one thing i've noticed very specific and this is honestly more common not even in movies and just from like talking to like people in their like 45 and older um the song that that seth green sings to kind of soothe the gorilla is all out of love by air supply and i feel like for some reason air supply or like a very common like punching bag for like a like a boomer generation it's like oh what's like a lame band for someone to like or like a funny like wimpy band for someone to like and it's always air supply and all out of love this actual this exact same song is used in van wilder in sort of a similar way of just being like an embarrassing song and even deadpool 2 more recently used it because like a a funny lame needle drop and it's just like very odd that such a specific band that honestly like don't even really have that much name recognition now i would say it sort of have this weird like sort of like the boomer nickelback like they're just the bands that like everyone has chosen to be like this is the lame band to like is Air Supply. A title, <laughs> uh, and then it also has like just some very generic sort of Two thousand Z rock songs that like were popular at the time. I think uh, the Hives. I hate to say I told you so is one of the most like two thousands alt rock kind of songs I can possibly think of, and that shows up here. And uh, always always a throwback to hear Hives anywhere. And then uh, you and me by Lifehouse, which is actually a song I've always liked quite a bit, and that shows up here. And one of its the movie's many like. Very unearned sort of emotional <laughs> moments to sort of <laughs> score of that, but yeah, this felt like a very slimy soundtrack, and it definitely feels like a movie where they didn't have any of this like in mind when they filmed it. It just kind of feels like they like realized these scenes didn't work, and they were like, "Okay, if we like throw in like a song here, maybe this has a chance of making it and feeling like it belongs in the movie." So. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I think the soundtrack really felt very slimehouse in this I, movie for numerous reasons.
4: I'll add that the the weirdest Neil drop of them all to me was the scene where the kids accidentally screw up the pillbox and police on my back by the clash plays. And it's like, <laughs>
3: what? Yeah, like so like like there's not any police in that scene. It's not a particularly it's not one of the more well-known clash songs even. Like, yeah, that was very, very strange and then like it's just some like
4: my favorite audio element of this movie is when they're playing that adult frisbee game and you hear a, a plain sound effect for no reason it's like they tried to cartoon up this scene. For... <laughs> to
3: see yeah, there's a few things this movie has like none of that like live action cartoon we talk about but then it'll come in <laughs> so randomly like there with the weird cgi faces and stuff and then um <laughs> there's also it ends with the same ending as jingle all the way pretty much which jingle all the way is a zany movie but this isn't it also had rita wilson uh, and yeah, yeah. Robin yeah. yeah it this is. ends with like yeah like robin the Williams flying around on a jet pack so
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> that do? like that's something we haven't talked that much about is just like what was inherently slam house about this no matter what was how much uh, slapstick there was like people being hit in the crotch and like <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: falling over
3: no yeah the, 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 but like yeah the live action cartoon elements when they're in a movie that otherwise is just like christmas with the cranks <laughs> like <laughs> it feels very and yeah i don't know why something about this airplane thing is really just setting me off too just like... yeah we've lost
2: or our listeners we've lost jasper he's just like, all. You know, i'm still here i'm, just, I'm so still hard. here i just
3: i have
1: to turn off my camera for for the listeners uh because i'm laughing so That's hard cute. because it's funny because i wrote that in my notes too, but I was like, "Oh, nobody heard that." Like, whatever. <laughs> I know this, the, yeah. yeah a... <laughs> but I thought it was such an odd, like moment because <laughs> it's so
2: like, huh? Like, <laughs> I, I have to, I, have to rewatch this. For this. Yeah, it's yeah. Wait, I need to
0: rewatch a, this.
2: No,
3: yeah. It's, it's like someone's It's, it's, skin. Skin. it's, it's it
1: Justin Long diving for the frisbee. <laughs> <and then laughs> all of a sudden, they just <laughs> throw in like a, a plane taking off sound effect.
0: <laughs> what <laughs> genius is putting sound okay. editing. Whoever,
3: Whoever's editing this, only episode, sound. Effect, please put that like, in. Right. Yeah, we'll put the sound <laughs> in for sure. So. Oh, that's so All right, guys, good. I'm turning
1: my camera back on. Uh-huh. Don't make me laugh anymore. Uh-huh. Anyway. <laughs> Have you, ever, have you ever been on an airplane, Jasper? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just go, just go watch that scene tonight. It's, it's, All right. Well, I think, it's on, so I think on that rowdy, yeah. conclusion, I think
2: it's it's about that time for uh, for these old dogs to mm-hmm. learn some slime scores. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Yikes! Uh, Max, do you want to go first? Do you want to hear what the mm-hmm. crowd says? It's your birthday, uh, so you get to
3: pick. I-, I can go first on it. Um, do it. I feel like this is. Kind of honestly a weird, just a weird movie to like rate in any any scale, sliminess or, or not because it just feels so kind of like tossed together and just like like a, an anagram <laughs> of like all this different. But I'd, I'd say this, like it has enough slime going on. It's definitely slimier than Cranks, which I think I gave a, a two. It feels like, and I mean, I guess it kind of was because Christopher with the Cranks, I mean, it's PG, but it didn't feel slimy. This feels like you took a sort of more mature Christmas version of Christmas with the cranks and tried to slime it up only with the resources you already had (laughs) and for that reason I'd say this one I have to land on a five for this I think it has like enough zaniness and the zaniness is employed in such a bizarre way that it kind of gives it a sliminess to it but yeah it's one of those movies it's like I, I can't even think of like what to even like justify a rating or talk about how i feel about it because everything about it's just like something happened like it's just a bunch of scenes together but never really go on to add anything because like thematically it's got a slimy thing with the absent father guy having to take in kids but that's not really done in a slimy way but then a lot of the other stuff is done in a slimy way so this movie sort of just exists in like a, a vacuum but there's enough sliminess there and it's just such an interesting text of slime house because we've talked about slime house before like and especially with master of disguise uh we were talking about how dana carvey wanted that to feel like a pg-13 movie but that was rated pg and it's like more than anything else because it literally was a pg-13 or (laughs) r-rated movie worked into a pg movie has that feeling which just feels so slimy to me and for that despite like all the just weird dad stuff and just weird just like i don't even know what stuff in this movie i'd have uh, five on the slime scale for me
2: i can go next um i because I, I, i'm thinking about this and this is kind of a new thought so so work with me here but um you know we rate on the slime scale with how slimy it is which is also like in a way like how good at slime house it is right like the the 10 out of 10s Really understand Slimehouse, and they're good at being Slimehouse movies. You know, this to me it feels like it's retroactively trying to be a Slimehouse movie, but it's just like an ineffective Slimehouse movie. Like it's missing a key thing. It's almost like I remember when we did Cat in the Hat, which is a true ten. Like one of the things that's odd about the movie is like they set up the boss as being a germaphobe, but they never actually like do anything with that. To me, this feels like that, where it's like the whole movie is just like setups that never come to be, or like half-baked ideas. So it's not that it's not a Slimehouse movie; it's that it's not a very good Slimehouse movie. Like it's just like a, a poorly executed Slimehouse movie, which is a unique way to categorize it. Because you know, we think about movies as being like, oh, they've got real budget, real actors, like they're trying to do. They they do what they're trying to do. This feels like it didn't know what it was trying to do. And that's where, you know, it's hard to categorize as. So I think I'm going to go with a four. It's more Slimehouse than Cranks. And it's just, I think it's not even that, like, there are Slimehouse things in this. There are also distinctly not Slimehouse things in it. But all in all, it just feels like a movie that, like, wants to be a Slimehouse. I mean, come on, how good is this tagline? Sit, stay, play dad. I mean, that's like, that's a great tagline. I love it. Uh, But it doesn't mean it's going to be
4: an effective slime house. So long
2: story short, four from me.
4: So I'll go next. One thing that I thought about watching this, um, like, there's the Saturday Night Live skit, uh, more recently called David S. Pumpkins with Tom Hanks. <laughs> or like the crowd is watching, like there's this couple watching David S. Pumpkins like routine, and they're like, Okay, I know this is David S. Pumpkins, but what is David S. Pumpkins? <laughs> and that is definitely the experience of old it's its dogs. Own thing, Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, it almost kind of like it's not knowing the context of the movie kind of lowers it for me, but it felt almost like Neural Network tries to write slimehouse movie because it has like the right hack or tries to make Slimehouse movie in some sort of abstract way. Um, but yeah, because it has the right cast members. It has a uh, relevant kind of like crew and a lot of the themes and ideas are there. But like, there's just- it's misassembled in a way that like AI auto-generated art usually is. <laughs> and and to Ma- I'm going to go with Max's score it's- because of those things, it just feels so like, it- it- like you said, like it's just kind of, distinct and it's too it, it it is a very it's it's useful in understanding what Slime mouse is and um because of some of the things that doesn't do very well the, the slimy aspects aren't done that well in in my opinion so yeah five out of ten sounded right to me
1: i yeah i was i was kind of leaning kind of on a four this conversation is maybe bumping me up to a five a little bit mostly because I'm thinking about again Jared's kind of five and five system you know like aesthetically we barely even talked about the aesthetics on this but it's not a very slimy movie aesthetic I'd give it like a two or something but I think like you know as we've talked there actually is a lot of like slimy kind of stuff to this So I would give it like a two and a half on the like content side. And I know we don't give halves. So I'm just going to land on a four on this because that was my gut after I watched it. Um, But yeah, just such a strange, bizarre, like artifact of of family movies. Like it's I would have never, ever watched this Probably this would be like bottom tier to check out for the show, to be honest. So I'm glad Max scooped it up and, and served it to us for
3: your birthday cake. Because um, yeah, it feels it feels just like kind of like like the, the nightmare version of like a family movie. It's like the weird, like, <laughs> yeah, it's it, just a very it, bizarre sort of relic of family movies. If you're interested, not just in like, even if it's not Super Slimehouse, I just found it so interesting as just like someone who finds like, the development of family movies, very interesting. It just sort mm-hmm. of stands alone as this this text that I feel like speaks a lot to changing trends in comedy, family movies, the actors' careers, like so many things. And yeah, finally glad to have watched it. And uh, oh yeah, Dorothea, what was your yeah. science uh, on that?
0: Well, I'm just gonna be boring and basically go with about the same that all of you all did. Um, I feel like it's an easy movie for us to all land the same on just because there were so many themes, like whether it be like themes in the script or soundtrack or the jokes or the gags <laughs> that are Slimehouse. But um, in the end, it just didn't really stick the landing to be a full Slimehouse movie. So I'd say like the 5-5 uh, five, five rule we were talking about, uh, 5 <laughs> out of 10.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say like, The fact that we all kind of landed around like fours and fives on this movie is interesting because i feel like it kind of speaks to how like that we're all like so right in the middle like how difficult this movie is to classify amongst slime house because like i mean i guess we've we've said all we can really but yeah this movie is just a very interesting just like tome in in, of of slime house and family movies in general and i think that the fact that we all kind of just were right down the middle (laughs) speaks to that very well and and also like as
4: a late slime release like unaccompanied minors and firehouse dog also kind of ran into this kind of situation like you know like where it's kind of hard to classify because of its release time Mm
1: -hmm. yeah and i think it's a this is a movie that i can easily somebody would watch and be like oh jasper slime house movie like old dogs. That's a slime house movie. I'm like, (laughs) yes. And that's why I'm like, okay, this is like a very borderline four or five, you know, because like a somebody who's new to the concept, if you just gave them the two sentence summary of what slime house is, yes, this kind of falls under, you know, pretty much some sliminess, you know, but if you dig deeper and like really do some scholarly work, um, on the genre, um, you know it 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 isn't a full slimehouse movie, but that's why I think it's really fascinating. you know those ones that on the surface appear slimy to the outside world, but in reality are not but and and with that, uh happy birthday, Max for one yeah thank and you again happy for birthday for giving us a present um with with old dogs. oh,
3: yeah, a present. To... I'm trying to look as good as a rhubarb pie. for. <laughs> hey, I, hope, I hope you have a rhubarb yeah. pie for your birthday. Uh, yeah, yeah next, should have
0: had that.
2: Next for year lunch. for your birthday, Max? I really want to sand a deck with you. <laughs>
3: yeah, I'll I'll have a list. Everything I want to do on my birthday: refinish a deck, be, be there for be there for you all, C- create you a soundboard for should... airplane yeah. effects. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. guys,
1: I'm gonna start laughing about the airplane. So I gotta I gotta <laughs> skedaddle. All right. Um, yeah, as anyway. soon as,
3: as soon as we get off, I'm gonna go rewatch that scene too I, I already was funny, but now. To watch it. Like, yes it please because if, I don't wanna... you,
1: if you didn't catch it please rewatch. I it i caught
3: it but yeah it's but it's just a, yeah so... i remember thinking like huh but like it didn't register as much as i feel like it it should have just because it kind of also else. sounds like
1: a fart like is <laughs> just, <like, laughs> just like farting so much that he just like propels himself into the air i don't know it's it's the strangest sound of it. <laughs> uh-huh. all right and on anyway. that note happy birthday max and uh
3: stay slime house a podcast created by jared anderson jasper birnbaum max morris and h nelson tracy if you like this episode you can find more fun on slimehousepod.com our website is created by brian hume of valencia creative company our theme music composed by greta russell Support this podcast at anchor.fm slash slimehousepod or by following us on social media at slimehousepod on all platforms.